Hey there, welcome to the Theology Of podcast. I'm Benjamin. And I'm Riker. And we're two college students who love studying scripture and having meaningful biblical conversations. When we think about theology, most of our thoughts probably stay within the four walls of the church. But in doing so, we're really limiting our understanding of God's infinite nature. And so each episode, we'll be tackling an everyday, secular-seeming topic and discussing what the faith has to say about it both conceptually and practically. So thanks so much for joining us. Make sure to buckle up, keep your hands and feet inside the proverbial vehicle at all times, and enjoy the ride. Let's go. Hey there, welcome back to the Theology of Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the theology of travel. And I'm super excited for this topic because I feel like it could go a variety of different ways. And I love traveling and I'm super excited to see how our faith ties into the way that we travel and the ideas behind it. So Riker, you ready? You ready to jump in? Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited about this too. And I feel like this is a really fun topic. So yeah, I'm excited to get to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, of course. We have to lay the foundation. First off, we have to talk about what is travel. And travel is tricky because I feel like the definition isn't as objective as maybe some of the other things we've talked about because there's plenty of travel blogs out there that'll try to tell you what travel is to them and they'll throw in a story about their you know, vacation in Peru. <laughs> but to really boil down travel... To a single focused idea, uh, we came up with this statement. Travel is the formative journey from one context to another. Hmm. To kind of digest that a little further, first off, it's a formative journey. So the idea is that something's changing. It's not a passive experience, um, hmm. but the person is being molded by the overall experience. It's also a formative journey, which implies that there's a beginning and then a final destination. And so it's tied to the idea of setting, this idea of going from one place to another, one context to another. Hmm. So that's the definition of travel that we came up with. Uh, Benjamin, anything to add or anything that I missed in there? Yeah, no, you. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, it's a very general statement. It's a very general definition, but travel itself is very general as well because it can apply to so many different situations that we put ourselves in. So it's also worth noticing that there are several reasons why we travel. Um, mm-hmm. And out of that, we get you know different things like recreation uh, or vacation, uh, the act of going somewhere out of the way um, that isn't in your day-to-day, but it's a way of resting from the things that you're constantly doing and and getting to a new scenery and finding some new things there. So that's recreation. Um, we have obviously seen traveling for work um, and being moved uh, across the country for your job or even just short-term trips to go visit another location to go work in an office for a week or something like that. Then uh, we also know traveling for like missions. Uh, We have several missionaries that go all across the globe every single day. And uh, that's another 
component of travel is going from one place to another to serve there, uh, to evangelize there for an extended period or short period of time. Uh, and then another one that I can think of even is, is dislocation. Um, the act of having to move out of a place because of a tragedy or a natural disaster or something like that, losing that sense of home and having to move to another place, um, that idea of dislocation. So just coming into it, travel has a ton of different applications that we can automatically just put it with. So what direction are you thinking we're going to go with this? Or are we going to try and hit them all? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we might end up tending towards certain categories. Um, sure. We might not hit them all equally. Um, but it is helpful to understand right off the bat that each one has its own tone and its own flavor. Yeah. And it's also important to make sure we're not blending those, um, not even just yeah. for the purposes of this right now, but also just for the purpose of our life. We should be recreating to the glory of God to the fullest extent and not letting work get into that. But we also, hmm. on the other hand, shouldn't see a missions trip as just an overglorified spiritual vacation. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, they're, those are important. I think that's really good that you brought that up. Um, so that's something just to keep in mind as we continue this conversation. Yeah. Also, before we get down into the weeds, I think it's important to talk about the reason why travel is so innate in us and so compelling. Um, and it's cool because this connects with other conversations that we've had already, right? Because yeah. travel, it has to do with story and being able to talk about these different experiences with other people. Mm, yeah. It's about relationship, meeting mm -hmm. new people, developing friendships. Yeah. It's about food, which we're going to be talking about in the weeks to come. Yeah. So those are some of the really beautiful parts of travel and the way that they connect with other things. Yeah, definitely. I think another really important place to start with this entire topic, as we do with every topic, is to get a biblical basis for travel and uh, to see all of the instances in travel in scripture is a very, very big and daunting task. So, pop quiz, if you want to pause this episode right now, think of as many instances in scripture as you can of somebody traveling, or mm -hmm. as we defined it, taking a formative journey from one context to another. So pause this episode if you want right now to think about all of those things. We kind of took the, took the liberty to do it ourselves and think about what we could think about. And you'll probably think of some of these. We've hopefully brought up some that you might not have thought about. And hopefully you'll think of some that we might not have thought about. But man, travel is everywhere in the Bible. Uh, seriously. Like, seriously. From one end to the other, it is just chock full of people taking these formative journeys and traveling from one place to another. And so just starting from the beginning, uh, if we wanted to quickly go through those, in Genesis 1, we are told to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. And obviously, we can't fill the earth unless we're going from one place to the next. We can't go from one end of the earth to the other unless we're we're moving in some linear direction and, and taking some of that idea of travel with us. Right, yeah. And something 
just reading that verse in the context of travel, uh, something that was new to me um, that I had never even thought about is the fact that God commands Adam and Eve to fill the earth before the fall, which is assuming that they mm. do have access to outside of Eden even mm. before they did fall. Interesting. Yeah, so I wonder what theological implications that has. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of struck me. Moving on, you know, to that very topic, then you have the fall um, and Adam mm -hmm. and Eve break their relationship with God. And so then they're forced to the east outside of Eden um, and into this time of exile. So that's this new idea introduced into the story of travel being a bad thing. Similarly, we see just a couple chapters later, the story of the Tower of Babel. And we all know that during the Tower of Babel scene, you have all these languages that emerge um, in this confusion. But also, we have to remember that in the midst of all of that, God also spread out the people across the earth. Right. So that's another repercussion of their sinfulness. Yeah, definitely. And and moving on even further into the call of Abraham and having this idea of Abraham following wherever God is leading and traveling and picking up everything that he knew and leaving and, and following God. That idea permeates through the entire Old Testament as we see the story of Israel wandering around the desert. Right. But it all started with Abraham and his call, and uh, we see it descend through his lineage. Yeah, for Israel culturally, and even for us today, um, spiritually, this is such a defining moment, hmm. the calling of Abraham, and it is all about this act of faith through travel. Um, yeah. That's the demonstration of Abraham's faith. So travel, we might not think about travel when we talk about that passage right away, but it really is ingrained in the meaning of that text. Yeah, absolutely. So those are some examples from Genesis. Moving on to Exodus, we find that Israel has ended up in Egypt. Um, so God comes and rescues them from captivity and leads them to become a new nation. Hmm. And that's another huge, important story in Israel's history, and it also has to do with travel. And just the continuation of that being the rest of the book, and we see the nation of Israel wandering around a desert, and that might be some of that unwanted travel, right, of them coming out of an oppressive situation, but still struggling quite a bit with their journey with Moses and following what Moses is saying that God is leading them to. Uh, but ultimately, that leads them to the promised land and uh, the fulfillment of the blessing and the fulfillment of the covenant by God um, through Joshua and through the inheritance of the land of Canaan. Yeah, so that takes us through Exodus and Numbers uh, all the way up to Joshua. In addition to all of that, another place we find conversation about travel is actually in the book of Psalms. Yeah. There's a certain group of Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent, which are basically ancient Israel's road trip playlist. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? Because they have Amazing. these awesome feasts and celebrations that go on at certain yeah. points during the year. And so the people who don't live right next to Jerusalem would travel mm-hmm. to be a part of these events. Yeah. And as they went on the road, they would sing these praises to God. So that's another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, and that leads us through the rest of the Old Testament, going through some of the major and the minor prophets. Uh, And there's obviously a lot of travel woven into their stories, but we picked out Jonah specifically as just a very natural tie-in to this idea of travel um, as he fled from Nineveh to Tarshish and the whole story of Jonah the prophet and learning how he traveled from, from city to city as a minor prophet. Mm-hmm. And even taking that a step further to the message of the prophets, the prophets are pointing to this event, the exile, which just like back when we were talking about the fall is another bad type of travel where Israel right. is dislocated from the land and is taken over by Assyria and Babylon. Yeah. And more or less that finishes the Old Testament and kind of closes that side of the book. But opens us up into the incarnation and the idea of Jesus being born on earth and and all of these people traveling to see him and in all of the Christmas stories, the wise men traveling to the star of Bethlehem, following that as they travel across many lands and it takes them many months, even years to get there. And that even brings up more for Jesus' family as they fleed to Egypt to escape Herod and the oppression of that ruler. There's just travel woven into that entire Christmas story a whole lot. Hmm. That's something we normally don't really talk about, but you're right. It's a big part of that story. Hmm. Also, it's a big part of Jesus's ministry in general. He doesn't stay just in one place, but his entire life is this compilation of journeys and not only is he traveling from place to place but he's also sending his disciples out to continue spreading the gospel and announcing the good news that he has come to earth yeah and that idea of travel in jesus ministry is the same even through persecution and death and through his resurrection uh, and ascension before his ascension we get the great commission which is another form of go out into the world kind of a be fruitful and multiply 2.0 if you will a return to genesis but um yeah just a way of sending his disciples out and teaching every tribe and every tongue and every nation about the good news of the gospel and that spark starts a wildfire yeah And through Acts and the entire, some of the epistles and the rest of the New Testament, we have these stories of Jesus's apostles and other believers traveling. Hmm. If you think about it, basically the majority of the New Testament is a travel log of Paul and Peter (laughs) and all these different people. So again, travel is so deeply woven into the narrative. Yeah, absolutely.
Now, zooming back on all of those references, we again see that travel is everywhere in scripture, which is a really profound truth because God's word to us isn't sedentary. It isn't about people stuck yeah. in one place, yeah. um, but it's active and it's mm. about transition and movement, which I think has some pretty awesome theological implications. Yeah, absolutely. And it brings us into kind of the real life application and what we've kind of gone over this biblical survey of what the Bible says about travel, but what does it say about travel for us necessarily? And there's a whole slew of Bible verses that talk about the ways that we should go out and the ways that we should be spread to the ends of the earth. So going through those super quickly, starting with, I don't know, uh, Matthew 10, 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Uh, moving on to Matthew 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Moving on to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Moving on into Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Moving right along, we have Acts 13, 47, which says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Next, Mark 16, 15 says, He said to them, talking about Jesus, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Then jumping into the Old Testament in 1 Chronicles 16:24, it says declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And literally saying the exact same thing, Psalm 96:3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Whew. So it's everywhere. Yep. And we didn't even get to all of them. Right. That's just like eight. <laughs> mm -hmm. So question there, what do we do about all that? <laughs> yeah, what do we do with all of that? That is a very great question, but it's worth realizing that there are biblical implications for us to go out and travel, and we are called to go out and spread the gospel to all the ends of the earth. But like you said, what do we do with that? Is it everybody that's going to leave their home and go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel to all nations? Is it just a select few? What are we called to do? How do we apply this to our life? Yeah, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's literally a branch of theology called missiology, mm -hmm. which is the theology of missions, talking about these exact questions. And jumping back to our categories that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, I think these verses really focus on the category of travel as missions and the significance of that hmm. and its implications on our own lives. So not all of us are necessarily going to be called to do overseas missions long term. Since the body is made of different parts, 
and God's given us different gifts and purposes. And yet the entire body should be in support of it in some way or another. Yeah. Because it really is such a big part of Jesus's ministry and the idea of the kingdom of God coming to earth. Yeah, 100%. And that brings us into different callings of life and the different spiritual journey that we're all in and that not all of us are called to go serve abroad and some are called to serve here. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, but let's think practical application in terms of within ourselves and our walk with Christ. Even just saying that term walk with Christ, that's an act of traveling, right? Mm. From one point to another. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about maybe more of the spiritual journeys. Yeah. That's an analogy that we see used both in scripture and in our current evangelical vernacular. Mm. This idea that our faith is a journey that we undertake, Mm -hmm. starting with sin and separation from God and eventually ending with restoration and eternal communion with God. And everything in between that is the journey that we're taking. So that's kind of a summary of what the idea of spiritual journey is. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I think realizing that you, the Christian or non-Christian listening to this, you are on a spiritual journey of one sort or another. And we are all in these different places in that said spiritual journey. And some of us may feel incredibly close to God and others may feel incredibly far from God. And realizing that that is a linear process, much like any sort of traveling that the Israelites did in the Old Testament or any of the more biblical examples that we talked about just a few minutes ago, realizing that we're very similarly on that sort of journey ourselves. And it's talked a lot about in our churches nowadays, and like you said, in our evangelical vocabulary, but realizing that we're all on some sort of spiritual journey is uh, is a big step. And there was a German theologian and professor um, that wrote a book called Faith on the Road, A Short Theology of Travel and Justice. His name was Georg Reiger. And uh, there was a review on that book that was done, and I thought it had some profound quotes in it that weren't from the book itself, but it was kind of describing what the book was getting at. But it, it said, throughout the Bible, we read of travelers whose journeys were filled with difficulty, yet we also read that it is on the road that faith is formed. Powerless migrants like Abraham, Joseph, Moses, the Israelites, the victims of the exile, to name a few, discover the preservation and the providence of God. Biblical journeys are filled with tension, struggle, and discovery. In the New Testament, Jesus and the apostles were often on the road, and they both ministered and experienced persecution on the road. Riger argues that the Christian life is not to be a settled life, but one that is on the move. We are invited to follow Jesus, and our true home is not here. We are people of hope for what is to come. Riger urges the reader to resist the pull of a settled life and to live as persons seeking justice. He sees travel as both a metaphor of the Christian life and an actual reality that we must embrace. Location and constant relocation are the central matters of the Christian life. And I just think that really sums it up incredibly well, uh, just talking about how we as Christians are following in the footsteps of the many biblical characters that we've walked alongside of as we read 
scripture, but also realizing that this is not only a metaphor for our walk with Christ, but also something that we should actually be doing. We should go out. We should not have a settled life. We should be sharing the gospel with other people. And that kind of draws back into what we were talking about with missions life is some are called farther than others. And if you are called to travel from your room to your front porch to talk to your mailman today, that is might be what you're called to do and to mm-hmm. share the gospel with him. I don't know. And any things like that, uh, realizing that God is calling us to travel sometimes outside of our comfort zone, but calling us to travel nonetheless and to, uh, to exemplify those hands and feet of Christ that we see in the new Testament. Absolutely. And another example of this language of spiritual journey can be found in John Bunyan's famous book, the Pilgrim's progress. Yeah. Which is an allegory about the Christian life using the different struggles and joys that we face as Christians and turning that into characters and settings of Mm. the storyline. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, all that to say travel is not only a theme in scripture, it's also a paradigm that we can use to think about our own lives as Christians. Mm. On a different note, a question that's asked in secular circles as well as Christian circles is this question, is travel an end or a means? Is it Mm. about the journey or the destination? Mm, Yeah. Do you have any ideas about that? I feel like everything that we've been talking about travel so far has been very journey-oriented, even going back to our definition saying it's a formative journey from one context to another. Obviously there is a destination involved, but we're talking a little bit more about the formation from point A to point B of what you're undergoing as a person and uh, what you are growing in and how you are being shaped and molded from point A to point B. So yeah, I, I see travel as more of a means I guess, and it's about the journey itself because you can travel your entire life and still not grow in the things that God is calling you to. It's more about those intentional journeys and the steps that you are taking within those journeys to make you follow Christ more passionately and more fully. Hmm. To kind of push back on that a little bit, though, when we think of, let's say, Israel wandering through the wilderness. That's a story of a journey dislodged from the destination. Mm -hmm. And it turns out to not be good. Hmm. So I think this really is a trick question. Yeah. Both of them are intertwined with one another so closely that they can't be separated. Yeah. It's like they're actors in a play. And they converse with one another. And without one, the other one's lines wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. I really like the way that you put that. (laughs) 
So picking back up with another term for travel that we actually considered calling this episode altogether, um, but it's definitely worth talking about, is this idea, uh, more of a modern idea coming within mm-hmm. the early 20th century, 21st century, um, is this idea of wanderlust, right? And there's a dictionary definition of a strong desire to travel or a strong impulse or longing to travel. And there's other synonyms like itchy feet and just wanting to to go somewhere. And I feel like our 21st century culture is so geared towards this idea of wanderlust and getting those itchy feet and wanting to go from point A to point B to pick up everything pack it all in a van and drive across the US or to fly to Europe or something like that, right? Um, to, to go live the adventure that you've always deserved and that you've always dreamed of. And that's such an interesting thought when you actually step back and think about it. Stepping out of everything that you know and all the relationships and stuff that you've made at home for your entire life and leaving that behind and going somewhere, that's a very foreign thought at least to me yeah and it doesn't mean that i don't want to do it right there's this tiny little longing within me to pack up everything pack it in a van and go to like a national park and camp around for like a couple months like Mm -hmm. there's just this desire in nature and being in the wilderness and not having to do homework and not having to do work and just going out with yourself or with a couple of friends and living life to the fullest in the forest or on the beach or who knows where. And yeah, I think this idea has permeated our culture so strongly that it's shown up in, in a lot of our vacations and the ways that we take breaks from work and daily life. But maybe let's break that into some positives and some negatives of this idea of wanderlust. It's not all bad. The positives, we get to experience God's great earth. We get to travel from the place that we know so strongly to a new unknown place that might have incredible sightseeing attractions that we can go and witness. And that could be anywhere, whether that be going to a beach for the first time and feeling the hot sand in your toes or going to a very busy New York City and smelling the smells and seeing the sights and hearing the sounds of Times Square and seeing the Statue of Liberty or traveling to Washington, D.C. and seeing all the history museums and all of the national monuments or going abroad and seeing all that there is in terms of architecture and sights and sounds in Europe and Asia and Australia and Africa and all these different places all over the world we can go to and see God's great earth and just the diversity across all of those scales of, of different things that God has created for good. That's phenomenal, right? That's so fun. And that's so exciting just to even talk about. That's a great part of wanderlust. Mm-hmm. And that even opens up our eyes to see God's creativity in a bigger sense, instead of just seeing the things around us and getting that facet of his creation we get to experience other facets yeah another positive i think of this idea of wanderlust is that it reminds us that we haven't arrived Um, Mm. it forces us to recognize that where i am right now is not 
where I should be, there's this desire in my heart to be somewhere else. It's this longing that ultimately is a longing for restoration with God that traveling here on earth isn't going to fulfill, but it can direct us back towards. Yeah, absolutely. And just understanding that exploration honors God in a Mm -hmm. way because God gave us this world to discover and he's given us the capacity and the means of which to discover it. Right. And so by being able to utilize that and utilize the the feet that he knit on our bodies and and take these long walks in these beautiful places and jump on a jet plane and fly across the ocean and see all of the modern marvels of the day, you know, it really is honoring God and and everything within the earth that he has created. So those are just some of the positives of this idea of wanderlust that uh, I think are super important to think about whenever we think about this idea of longing for travel. But that also leads to some negatives. Right. Yeah, there are some pitfalls that we also have to be careful of, one of which is over-traveling can cause us to neglect our call at home because while it is good to get away from work at times there's a reason why we do work in the first place yeah and having those long-term goals and callings is something that can be disrupted by travel yeah absolutely and the idea of like i was saying earlier leaving friends and everything that you know, uprooting friendships and relationships that that could be very beneficial and that are very beneficial and have been for a very long time. This idea of wanderlust can sort of pull us away from that and, and digging deeply into the people that we've already invested in. Hmm, yeah, and it can even become an idol for us. Yeah. Where we are trying to get the best Instagram page uh, full of travel pictures. (laughs) We're trying to get a high score of the most countries travel to than anyone else in our friend group. That's a real danger, something that we can fall into. And along those lines, we can use travel as a sense of escapism, Hmm. where we use travel as almost a narcotic to numb our minds from everyday responsibilities and relationships and Mm -hmm. just leave that all behind us. Um, Because to an extent that can be healthy, but if you go too far, that can become really destructive um, and ultimately not fulfilling. Ralph Waldo Emerson has a really sobering quote about this idea. He says, At home, I dream that at Naples, at Rome, I can be intoxicated with beauty and lose my sadness. I pack my trunk, embrace my friends, embark on the sea, and at last wake up in Naples. And there besides me is the stern fact, the sad self, unrelenting, identical to that I fled from. I seek the Vatican and the palaces. I affect to be intoxicated with sights and suggestions, but I am not intoxicated. My giant goes with me wherever I go. Hmm. Yeah, no, that is a totally sobering thought. 
and the idea that I feel like our younger generation has been using travel as a way to get out of the things that need the most attention in their life. It's, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, and understanding that even traveling to the ends of the earth is not going to remove the things that are deepest within our hearts that we need to address. For sure. Yeah. So to avoid that, then what are some practical applications that we can take away from this conversation to help us to travel in a way that is glorifying to God? I think the idea of discernment is a huge one. Mm -hmm. Understanding the purpose for our travel and whether, again, it's across town or it's across the world, understanding how God is calling us to do that certain thing. And that goes with anything, understanding and having discernment upon that which God is calling us to is essential as a Christian and essential to living our life as in pursuit of God as possible. So I think just prayer as you are considering a trip, before a trip, um, after a trip, mm -hmm. even if that means that you have to neglect actually going on said trip because you don't feel that God is calling you to whatever that is. I think that's that's crucial. Yeah, and speaking of prayer, Francis Chan has a really convicting quote in Crazy Love hmm. where he talks about how our prayers oftentimes show our real priorities, um, hmm. especially relating to travel. Here's what he says. Haven't we all prayed the following prayer? Lord, we pray for safety as we travel. We ask that no one gets hurt on this trip. Please keep mm -hmm. everyone safe until we return and bring us back safely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yep, said that one before. Yeah, the exact wording may vary a bit, but that is the standard prayer we recite before leaving on missions trips, retreats, vacations, and business trips. We are consumed mm -hmm by safety, obsessed with it, actually. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for God's protection, but I am questioning how we've made safety our highest priority. We've elevated safety to the neglect of whatever would accomplish his purposes in our lives and in the world. So mm -hmm. when we do pray, again, it's not to say that praying for safety is sinful, but no that shouldn't be the first thing that comes to our head. Our first goal mm. should be to glorify God, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And for him to use us for his purposes, for mm -hmm. his will to be done in that place, whichever we are traveling to. So yeah, I think prayer is a huge thing regarding travel and just trying to think of other practical applications. Um, mm -hmm. Discernment and, and prayer, I think, are wrapped up into just one of the biggest parts of, of travel in general. Yeah. Another one that relates to travel is the concept of reflection about the trips that we go on, because I think they really can be formative experiences for us. Um, mm -hmm. But if we don't take that time to properly digest it, it's not going to be able to shape us as much as it could potentially. Hmm. So one practice that might be helpful to that end is using a travel journal. I remember going on a trip once and 
my mom told me to keep up with my travel journal because I was going to forget everything. And I <laughs> kept procrastinating, kept saying that I was going to remember everything that happened. And wouldn't you know it, it's still not done. I definitely <laughs> don't remember everything that happened. But I am so thankful of what I did write down because it allows mm -hmm. me to think back and remember those memories and really reflect on what the Lord did through that trip. Yeah, absolutely. Having a travel journal, especially for some of my mission trips and, and longer trips, uh, is essential for me, at least, like you said, looking back on those memories and, and being reminded of them. Uh, it's been very helpful to have a, a journal. But uh, yeah, the last thing that I can really just think about for practical applications for travel and, and just going on trips and stuff like that is the idea of being present and being present should be a part of our daily lives. And this kind of ties back to some of our earlier episodes with technology and the age of distraction and, and even community. But if God is calling you to go on a trip, whether that be across town to the end of the U S uh, to the end of another country, if God is calling you to do that, then there is obviously some reason that he is putting that on your heart. And the more that we can be present in that moment and the more that we can really put ourselves completely out there on that trip and let the Lord lead us and guide us to what it is that he wants us to do, the better. And I, I just can sum that up in the idea of being present and being fully there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good thought. All right, so with our last couple of minutes, just wrapping up, let's talk about some uh, of our own experiences and some of our own travel stories. Yeah, it's so interesting how you remember all these memories when you start to reflect on times that you've traveled that you haven't thought about in years, but they just come back um, mm -hmm. and it evokes this certain joyful feeling. I really enjoyed thinking back to some trips that I've been on and yeah, just experiences and stories. So I can, I guess I can start us off one trip that was probably, probably the biggest trip that I've ever gone on um, was when my sister was graduating from college. We took a trip to Europe and we went to France, England, Germany, Switzerland, and the Netherlands. Um, wow. So it was a jam-packed trip. And that's actually the trip where I never finished the travel journal, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but one of the experiences, which at the moment was the worst experience, but now is one that stands out above all the others, is when we went to England, we went to an Airbnb um, that my dad found online. But it turns out it was quite literally right above a pub where <laughs> there was music until two in the morning oh my gosh. and loud singing and it smelled like smoke. I looked out the window and saw these kids getting arrested by the police. It was, <laughs> it was intense. It was the time. Holy smokes. It was. And it's funny to look back on it now. Um, <laughs> but in the moment, it was not fun. And we ended up leaving there early and getting another hotel. 
So there's one story. How about you? Yeah, I think the the biggest travel experience or journey for me uh, would be a couple summers ago, I interned with a youth ministry organization and spent about 11 weeks in the Navajo Nation on the Navajo Indian Reservation in Hauk, Arizona. Hauk, Arizona is a very, very, very small town, and we spent the summer working there and, and working with a lot of students, but it was just me and one other college student on a giant piece of land in a very, very broken down house for <laughs> like two and a half months. So just some of the best and uh, craziest experiences happened that summer and uh, in the trips going out there, the drive out there and uh, the 18-hour drive back was uh, very memorable. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool experience. And what we did just there, sharing stories, that's something that I want to be able to do more um, after this, Hmm. um, to both reflect on stories and experiences that I've had and also share it with others. Mm-hmm. because it really is a beautiful thing, but we just don't do it that often. Yeah, we don't do it enough. Right. Yeah, and just thinking about some more resources as you go forward. Uh, for me, just that uh, book, Faith on the Road, A Short Theology of Travel and Justice, just from the snippets that I've read, looks super interesting, and I would love to continue reading it, so I plan to order that book as soon as we finish recording this episode. But another book that has been absolutely life-changing with my journey in faith um, has been The Insanity of God by the author Nick Ripkin. And I don't know if you've heard of this book, but it's been this big, big book that has turned into a movie now. And um, it's about this pastor's experiences and feeling the call to be led to serve in Somalia and experience the destruction and chaos that is their government and everything that they as a people group have been oppressed with. And then he he proceeds to go on to Russia and to China. And it's just this incredible story of following the Lord's call and every move he makes is, is just one that he's doing in complete and utter faith. And uh, just this idea of him traveling all over the world and finding all of these believers and getting to know some of the people that have been persecuted in house churches and stuff like that, man, this book is is a life changer. So I would highly, highly recommend the book, The Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin. What about you? Do you have any resources or thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two other ones. First up, The Bible Project has a really good video on YouTube called How to Read the Bible yeah. Setting. Mm. Just talking about, again, travel and specifically location within scripture. Um, So that's a good one to check out. And then also, like I mentioned earlier, the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan is a classic and it shows how we can see the Christian life as a journey in a really beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's all we have for this week. Once again, thanks for coming on this journey with us as we talk about journeys and how our faith relate to them. Something that we've mentioned previously that I want to reiterate is if you would like to support our podcast, the easiest way you can do that is to give us 
a follow and a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you're listening to this on. Leaving a review can be as simple as clicking how many stars. So it doesn't take super long, but also really helps us out as we seek to get this out to as many people as we can. To find those resources that we just mentioned, outlines, key thoughts, the music that we used in this episode, all of these things can be found in the show notes. Those are linked to this episode as well. Hope you guys have an awesome week and we will catch you later.